welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. This week we discuss the 29-27 away defeat at Bath. This one really hurt, not just losing in the dying seconds to our closest rivals, but the manner in which we lost. We'll also look forward to next week's game against Quinns with our friends from the Harlequins podcast. And here are thoughts on the new injury cover as a tight head, fullback and scrum half all pitch up at the High Performance Centre this week. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Pete and Rip Curl Clark for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, we're, uh, we're back at Lee's. You've got, you got a cough there, Lee. Oh, sorry, on, fellas, I've got a, an absolute stinker. It's this, I promise the listeners it's not me going out commiserating or draining my sorrows I've had a stinker all weekend and uh but thankfully Miles Rip Rip Curl Clark has uh has given me a bog roll to borrow for a, <laughs> but unlike him I'll be using it for my nose <laughs> excellent excellent uh and uh Miles how are you fella did you get to grips with that PRTV app uh, this weekend God, awful <laughs> no the straight answer I mean I uh, you know I paid in plenty of time I downloaded the app etc checked that my Chromecast is working only to at about sort of 20 to 3 try to stream it to my TV and the blimmin' thing wouldn't work so I had to watch the whole thing on my phone and maybe that was for the best for the outcome but apart from that I had a quiet weekend as we know that all the, all the wives went away together this weekend so um all the, all the dads were in charge of the girls weren't they which was a taxing in itself well, look, sorry when we say all the ways we should oh, like three, three, of. three of the four. <laughs> three yeah. of the four. Uh, 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 while the wag's away, the, the dad's had to play taxi and <laughs> all kinds of things. Boys, you were lucky I even made it tonight. I have been that busy today. I had to, I had to run my daughter's netball team this morning because the, the coach wasn't there. Two mums that normally do it were away, one of them being my missus. <laughs> so in desperation, the coach texts me and said, uh, Pete... Could you be the coach of the under-14 Premier Romans uh, netball team set 9.45, Abbey Wood? Anyway, you know what, boys? I took it seriously. I got up at 7 o'clock this morning to work out combinations and subs and stuff like that. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I got commended by one of the umpires as being a very, very enthusiastic coach. Uh, unfortunately, they lost 39-6. <laughs> Oh, well, maybe you should uh, maybe stick to rugby then, Pete. Uh, <laughs> or cricket. Yeah, or cricket, or cricket. All right then, boys. Well, we can't put it off any longer. Uh, we always love a, a Bath-Bristol game, and uh, in recent years uh, we've loved it even more because I think we were on a five-game unbeaten uh, uh, run against them. And, uh, well, that all came horribly unstuck on on Saturday afternoon but Miles if I come to you first uh, when, when you saw the team sheets uh, what did you think going into the game um, yeah I was pretty confident I mean um, you know we had Sheedy back in the line we had a complete unknown scrum half which we'll come on to talk about uh, in Oscar Lennon but I thought uh, up front not the best we've got the two Jakes but but you know actually then looking at the Bath lineup, I didn't have a clue who the front three for, three for Bath were so at that point I thought yeah we'll actually probably do quite well yeah and I think uh, it was interesting we put a poll on our Twitter feed uh, at Bears Beyond Gate 
uh, and we said who should start at number uh, who should start at fly half for for the game. Uh, thanks to the 218 followers that took part, uh, we had six percent thought Yoan Lloyd, 33 percent Callum Sheedy, and 61 percent said that they thought Tiff Eden should start there. So it was interesting, you know. There was a big swell of uh, support from Tiff yeah. from the, the the week before. Um, let me come to you, Pete. Um, just, I was pinching myself. I thought that first 10, 15 minutes, it it was the Bears of last season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Can I just say before I start, is I was one of the 34% that said Callum Sheedy. I think I mentioned that last week. Just, just saying. Um, yeah, I mean, what a start. What a start. But of course... Even when you're 21 nil up, even when you're 20, I mean, I thought, oh, it's not really enough because 28 wasn't enough, was it? Um, I just, you, you cannot, as a Bristol fan, we're psyched now, aren't we? We, we yeah. cannot, but you know, you just think of it, you just think of all the possible things that could go wrong. And I've got to say, despite all of those things going through my mind, it wasn't quite what what I imagined. <laughs> I've got to say, but I mean, I think the big, one of the big issues was that we almost had a fourth try. Thacker almost had a hat-trick, didn't he? And, um, uh, you know, we didn't quite score it. And then I think after that fourth, that attempt, where we nearly scored a fourth um, try from a, from a line-out and a maul, then kind of just everything changed. And we've talked so much about momentum swings uh, in this, this season particularly. And unfortunately, <laughs> it swung and it swung and it swung and it swung. So, yeah, it was a difficult one. Yeah, and uh, Lee, I mean, the rolling wall was working again. Uh, mm. Two opportunities, two two tries scored. Thacker was there for both of them. You know, we were, I think it was only last week we were saying that, you know, we haven't seen that uh, really this season, and it was working a peach. Uh, do you think that was us getting our act together, or, or, or were Bath just that bad that they didn't defend it? Uh, well, they, they didn't defend it, but I do think that's taking some credit away from, from what was absolutely spot on with a rolling mall. And, and I think I was starting to feel like I could put money back on uh, on Facker or Brian Byrne again, whoever starts at Oscar, <laughs> to, to start building the old Christmas fund up. I'd just say I had a, I had, I had a little uh, a wager on Thacker at uh, 12 to 1. Oh, very uh, nice. Two, first try scorer, two minutes, ka-ching, thank you. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was working really well. Um, I mean, as Peter just said, I mean, really, the chances that we'd we'd missed after that as well. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the uh, the groundskeeper for uh, for for Bath at the wreck because I think if that pitch hadn't been so wet and muddy, Leu as studs don't go into touch and we score the fourth try and I think that game's over and then we don't commit any of the crimes that we did after, and uh, which we'll subsequently come on to, but. Um, yeah, I think that, that that was ultimately it was a, another game that we threw away, wasn't it? Uh, it certainly was. And Miles, uh, you know, we'd had Thacker's two tries uh, and then Noel Argo. Uh, brilliant bit of finishing in the corner. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not quite sure anyone realised how he scored that, even the commentators, uh, really. I mean, the flag went... The flag was absolutely pul- pulverised, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um and the Linos and the CMO didn't really go back on many angles to check it. Luke Pierce was more than happy, um, but it was a great run. I mean, it was a pop out from uh, from the scrum, eventually out to Nuralago on the ring, and he rocketed into that horrendous corner uh, and, and you know scored a try. I thought it was brilliant. Well, you think he had Max Clark, didn't he? Was it was it Buck was inside and then another player that was yeah. free to beat? And these are three big hefty lumps. 
And it was a hell of a finish, wouldn't it? Johnny Smiles, I'm surprised you could even see it on your phone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just about. I mean, there were some three units trying to tackle Nirolango, but I think when he's going at that pace, not a chance, not a chance. And it was all one-way traffic, wasn't it? We, you know, barely 15 minutes in, P21 nil up. Uh, as we've already said, there was a couple of opportunities... I think was it twice we were held up yeah. over the yeah. line. I've got to say though, I think the when uh, Vui got held up over the line, this kind of backward flopping over the line and hoping that you're going to be able to turn yeah. and place the ball, I just didn't see that 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 particular move working. But yeah, if if we'd got that fourth try, then even with how events unfolded, yeah. that would have probably been enough. We would have had the bonus point. Uh, as well in the bag, but uh, then we would have seen the chicken wing passes, wouldn't we? <laughs> well, who, who knows? But we, we we get to it was almost a half hour, uh, and then they get a little bit of momentum, start to uh, you know, get uh, uh, some drives going at our line, and then uh, after a few penalties, Stacker gets pinged. Reasonable enough. Well, yeah, I mean, I th- I'm not going to do argue with the yellow. I'm sure I, ca- I don't actually know what it was for. I can't remember, and I, I haven't looked at the highlights. It, it would kill him. But what what it got me thinking about is is it when you're under the cosh like that, and the momentum's against you. They'd scored a try, missed a conversion, then they're driving at a line. We've got there has to be some sort of. Uh, some sort of they hadn't scored hadn't they scored by then sorry so but the point is when you're under the cosh and you're giving away penalties someone somewhere has to decide to tell people to not give away penalties now because ultimately what happened was we got carded and they scored anyway I thought at that particular point if you take a somebody somewhere needed to take control and say just take a step back it would be much better to let them score still have your still have your your 15 men and then regroup, and you know, I know obviously with their score, you then go back up their, their pitch. And it, it seems to me that that was a time where we needed some real leadership on the pitch to kind of read the situation. And, and ultimately, what happened was the worst of both worlds that yeah. we, we gave away a yellow and, and they scored as well. So, what was the point of trying to push it? Because giving away yellows is when you're trying to, you're trying to push it on the edge to stop them scoring. And it, like, it was the worst thing. So, I think sometimes there has to be someone. That just has to decide no penalties, no penalties. So mm-hmm. they all think, okay, we'll take a half a yard back. We'll make sure we're not offside. We're not going to push it on the offside line because the refs are always looking for it. And and to me, that was a real mistake, a real turning point in the game. Then, and I think you know it started to become. I mean, our defence has been been really strong, but we've given away a lot of yellow we, cards. We on our gi- we've given away a lot of penalties and a lot of yellow. Well, remember what was it? What was the game where Atwood and Joyce? Too. Yeah, so we are not good. We our I, and I, our defence is is brave. They they yeah. they defend well. They, but there has to be a point where someone's they've got to understand mm. that it's too risky. You've got to look at the game and say, okay, if they scored now, that's not good. But we still we can regroup. We we're twenty we were twenty one nil up. Yeah. That we can afford to let them score, and we'll regroup. The ball will be back there, and then we start again. And then in, and the, but in, but we got down to fourteen. And we put ourselves in a difficult position. But we, we seem to have leaders on the pitch that actually show the leadership in their in their play. But we don't seem to have anyone on the pitch at the moment to actually grab that side and go, 
this is what we've got. To, you know, yeah. Don't give I mean, away people, these penalties. Yeah, people say that the, the, the Thaka yellow was like he was taking one for the team, but it it, 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 it wasn't. Mm. He, he was putting us at risk, and then it was... And, and I just... I don't know. I mean, it's and hard it for us to avoidable risk, say. again. Avoidable risk. Yeah, yeah. so... And of course, it was over mm. when he got pinged. They were way over on their touchline as well. So you know, it wasn't like the worst place in the world for them to score a try either. So. No, no. And then uh, Lee, four minutes later, Newell Argo, simple decision for the referee. Well, what, what can we say? What can we say? I mean, the thing is, we've seen this before, haven't we? And yeah, like the it, last game you played. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, I've written the post column for for tomorrow, but. Steven Nualago is an absolute gem of a player, isn't he? The finish that he's put in just literally 15 minutes before and you think that there's not many players in the whole premiership that could finish like that. Mm. And yet, he's still... I think he still reverts back to league when he does that tackling. And he was way too high. And it was one of those, I think, as soon as you've seen it, it, it was well, it's he, a red he, card. He knew it. He knew straight, straight away. Red. Straight away. It's, it's absolutely... Um, while we're on it, I've, I've, I've just reminded somebody who wrote something on Twitter that's got cross with us because we kept pronouncing his name. Nualango. Nualango. Yeah, because it's the Fijian end, isn't it? Yeah, the Nualango. Yeah, yeah. So just for that, I can't remember who it was, but just for that person, it had been noted. Yeah, so <laughs> I read I, that today. I apologise. <laughs> bo- both apologise that Lee got it wrong again, but at least we could try and make amends there. Nualango. Uh, so there we are we're down to 13 men a, a, a game that we were absolutely cruising and you thought actually Thacker's yellow card we could probably ride that mm. out uh, they go and score just before half time miss the conversion uh, but then you know Sheedy pops over a penalty on, on the stroke of half time so it's 24-5 and you know I don't know Miles were you thinking we've got enough points or are you thinking <sighs> This isn't, this isn't going to work. Well, I don't know. I mean, we were then down to 13 men, weren't we, yeah. for around about 20 or 30 minutes of the entire game. Um, which, you know, uh, teams step up. They have to. There's that few people. But <laughs> that's tough. We were always a, They always had a man over in the back because Neil Lango had got, a, got pinged for a red. Um, uh, and obviously, Thacker had been sent off as well. So... You know, I thought this is going to be really tough to go a full half with 14 or we didn't know there would be another yellow and and 13 men. Um, But Bath were still pretty poor. And I thought if we step up, account for the lost man, we could just about squeeze this the the way Bristol were playing. Um, But obviously that... Didn't end that way. No, I mean, Sheedy gets the yellow card. Again, he's done this a few times and got away with it. We in, did it in, in the first half. In the first half, got away, you know. Again, it's these these lapses that are costing us so, so dearly. Um, and, I mean, there was some debate, you know, was, was that more of an attempt for the ball? But it was right in front of the referee. Um, they, they were breaking through the middle. And then Pete, um, he goes off on 42 minutes. Uh, Joseph scores a minute later and Falatau three or four minutes later uh, after that to make it 19-24. Then all of a sudden my optimism at half-time, they're, they're five <laughs> points behind us, having only played six minutes of the second half. Yeah. It looked like we were going to capitulate. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point we should just take a moment to to appreciate 
the shift that was put in by mm. a lot of the players yeah. to hold them at bay. And I, and I don't think at any point there is any uh, feeling that that they that that as a team, as a collective unit, they did anything but the most they could possibly do. And I think we have to recognise that, that there was bodies on the line, you know, the likes of Joyce, the likes of uh, Atwood, the likes of the back row, likes of Luatour when he came on. They did absolutely everything to try and to try and not lose that game. Yeah. And ultimately, they did enough, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Because we did, if you are going to be really picky... We held out until 79 minutes and 12 seconds where we then won the ball back. And the reality is we, well, let, we let, did enough. Well, let's come on to that because they, uh, you know, they scored on 46 minutes. It was, uh, I think, 71 minutes before uh, cocking a singer or whatever he's called. Uh, well, thanks to went, went, Big went, Joe. Went over, Big Joe, uh, made it 24-all. Missed, uh, missed the conversion, um, and you know even then I'm thinking, you know, are, are we going to hold on? Mm. We have that, we have that break. break. We see see a bit of Ran Randra form from last season. Strang gets the ball, little stumble, um, couldn't convert. Lee, which obviously, um, you know, if we had managed to. Uh, that that potentially could have been a, a draw or, or even a win to us, but we did get the penalty. Got the penalty, 24-27, with five minutes to go. Were you thinking, well, we can hang on? Well, we're all thinking game management now, aren't we? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's that's all, the, all we're thinking. And by the way, just going back to that chance, I do think that that, that was such an opportunity to score a try, and under the post as well, or near enough under the post. And then the game's over anyway. But I know it just feels that other teams, when they make when they get stopped short about two yard down with defence scrambling, mm. people piling forward, everyone else seems to score from those points. And we we I think if someone did the analysis on this over the last two seasons, we are very, very poor at scoring. When we get broke, you know, when we get tackled with a metre to go or two metres to go, whatever, and it was just so yep. disappointing, but you know, fair play to Bath who, who defended, and, well, then, and, and it was we haven't, we haven't been clinical enough, way, yeah. way enough in the last what, no. well, all season really, but at least yeah. for in last. I'm not saying three, it was four, at fault weeks. with it. I'm just saying it was just so frustrating that it, that's the one time. Come on, we could, we yeah. can, come on, we made this break. Let's score. Let's pick it. So pick it up. Just run over. Yeah. But but you think the shift that those 14 yeah. men oh, had yeah. in, you yeah. know, 173 tackles uh, that they had fantastic. to make to, to yeah. Bath 85. Um, but we, we get the, the 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 three points. We make it twenty four twenty seven um, miles. Bath uh, get the ball. You know we're all on the edge of our seat, and uh, you know they try a pop pass, and I think they throw it straight to Luatua with what barely eighty seconds left. I think we go through one phase, don't we? Pop it out <laughs> to. Um, how many minutes how many seconds left on the clock I think it's 49, 49 seconds which means if you just recycle the ball what three times yeah you've won the game you, you, you've won the game and then out of screen right comes this blur which we later find out was you and Lloyd and he absolutely drives past um What's he called? Their flyer, Cipriani. 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 And let's face it, Cipriani at a ruck 
It's like yeah. a vegan at a hog roast. It just doesn't happen. Was there any danger? It's like miles in Wivywood, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Was Cipriani going to get these locks in jackal. there and jackal? The jackaler. Have you not heard of the jackaler Cipriani? Oh. <laughs> and uh, it, it was unbelievable. I, 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 well, I won't say on air what I said uh, live. <laughs> to your TV. But... I mean, what were your thoughts but, then? Did you okay. think we were still going to hold out? No, no, not at that point. In the politest way, without swearing, uh, I, you're right, I was fuming. And that lost us the game. Mm. You know, there's no beating around the bush with that. That stupid run from Lloyd, taking out Cipriani, who was nowhere near really the back of the ruck. I don't know what he was thinking. But that sums up the match, doesn't it? Some of our poor decision-making... The yellow cards, the red cards, the poor discipline. There's no other excuses. Oh, it cost us the match and poor game management and pathetically stupid mistakes. I hate to, I hate to be harsh on this, but I'm a fan and I'm fuming about that match that we let it slip away. It, it was like an Agatha Christie novel, wasn't it? it was. All in, what, in, in not 80 not, minutes. Not a Hercule Poirot. It's, well, well, I don't know. David Sushi, he'd be giving back his knighthood if he saw but, that but match, was, wouldn't he? It, it was 18 minutes of... of a complete twist and turn you thought you knew where the ending was after 25-30 minutes and then there was a twist and there was another twist just to reel back Death on Uh, the Avon just to reel back (laughs) Miles' fury just for a second (laughs) because I think yeah you've identified Yoen Lloyd's made an individual error at that point now not Yoen Lloyd didn't go out on purpose to do that Yoen Lloyd unfortunately under pressure didn't think clearly and this is the whole we talk about it all the time thinking teacup thinking clearly under pressure he knows that he will look at that he will I'm sure he's dreading going into Pat's <laughs> office tomorrow morning or to see the review now he will learn from that at some point in the future but there has to be a question about this whole thing about thinking clearly under pressure I know it was a massive thing for Clive Woodward wasn't it with England and how they won the World Cup how do you train that I just don't know how do we avoid these situations so poor people like Yoan Lloyd don't get put through that and don't get the fury <laughs> of Miles? Miles ripping into him. Uh, anyway, Tony, you're going to tell us. I, I was going to say, you know, the fact whether he didn't realise it was Danny Boy there. I think Cipriani was backpedalling, so you, you go to drive over expecting to meet some resistance and, and Cipriani... But he's sh- running over a ruck where there's yeah. just no yeah. need to. I mean, the only there? thing I can say in his defence uh, is that... I mean, Thacker did seem to roll a little bit as well. Uh, and maybe, no, I, I did maybe Lloyd just thought he got himself a little bit isolated. Mm. And, and, and to be fair, if I, you know, to be brute, to be trying to be fair, in that split second, he actually identified a possible issue... That Thacker might get jackal because he was he'd rolled on and he and he just made that decision, but, but it was such a bad one. But all, all, all that aside, it was a terrible decision. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm going to stick up for Miles on this one because I think it, it, the fury that Miles is yeah. talking about is is not just that, you know talking about uh, Yai Lloyd's um, discretion at the end of that game. I think it's an accumulation of what we've experienced over the last three, four, five, six, seven weeks. And it's whoever it is, whether it's Newellag Lango, sorry, nice. or Lloyd or Sheedy, whoever it is, we seem to be having two or three players on that side who are letting the collective down. Like I, I agree with Miles. I think yeah. that the fury is just. I mean, why can't we keep fifteen men on the pitch? 
goodness uh, to how many games we may have actually won or been a bit closer if we had when will um, we have our 80 minute match by the way? well who knows I mean <laughs> you know we, we had got ourselves back in a position to win that we could have seen out that last yeah. 40 seconds so you know the disappointment and anger towards Lloyd is understandable but uh, you know, easy, easy. no Alango. Oh, I think Noel worse. Getting the red card oh, and it's, having it's a sound to fourteen men. And let's face it, I mean, I don't, I don't know the rules, but I would imagine he's going to be off for at least six weeks. Yeah, yeah I think this time. You know, you can't, you can't claim and uh, go to the <laughs> hearing, can you? And say, well, it's my first, no, well, no. it's my first offence in March. Did he do it last year as well? Uh, well, he's, he's no. played 12 games. He's had, what, two red cards, two yellow cards? He's had um, a yellow. And two. 10 dries. He's been I mean, on the RFU naughty step of, naughty step of tackling, and, hasn't he? And, yeah. and we, should, we should say, I mean, he's a lovely fellow. Yeah. And you know, there was no intent no. involved in that at all. But it's, but it's unacceptable as a professional to do that Of course again. it is. Yeah. And, and, and actually, again, I 100% agree with you. He seems like a, the nicest guy you know, he served for Queen and Country. You know, he's, he's, everything about him is so good, and he's clearly a professional in terms of the way he looks after himself. But that's unacceptable to tackle, do that tackle again. And, that, and you've got to have a question. It's like, where is the coaching on this yeah, as well? I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Where is the drilling yeah. that you do not? Now, there was interesting, because there was a video went out on one of the Bears' YouTube channel things about Omar doing defence... And he was doing, it was kind of following, you know, they do their kind of soft focus things. And mm. he's like, yeah. And I heard him say, yes, Eva, nice one. Yes, Eva, like that. And, and I was thinking, but it's so ironic that that happened. And, you know, it's almost a public apology <laughs> is yeah. required. Well, I think he's brief. Mr. Atwood might not be able to uh, no. get, him, get him off. Uh, <laughs> like the, so mob, the mob aren't happy. Like, <laughs> l- l- so lightly this time. Uh, well, let's let's have a look at the performances then. Miles, I'll come to you for, for the forwards. Um, and Pete, maybe if you have a look at the, the, the backs. Um, who, who stood out for you in the pack? Um, who do you want to mention in dispatches? <laughs> you know, I, I thought the pack were great. I mean, apart from Saka's yellow card, uh, second row put in a massive shift. The lineouts were good when we when we got there. Um, Heenan put in an amazing cover tackle, and I thought Jeffries was pretty good at. We think he played number eight this week. Well, we think so. No, he did. <laughs> he did. He had the eight. So you know, you could argue out of position. I thought he was solid. Um, Two different scrum caps. Yeah, well, this is way. true. And <laughs> we were thinking we might get sort of slaughtered by Bath because we, you know, we're mixing and matching the the, the pack. But I thought the whole pack t- uh, yesterday were very good, and they weren't getting pushed back by Bath. The pitch was appalling. Um, but it's normal. It, it's normal. And even the subs that came on, Ashley Challenger and Jan Thomas, put a shift in. So I, I, I can't really pull out one particular amazing performance. They all did well. I should just say, actually, that, that, that a few of my friends who are season ticket holders were really worried going into this game and and, ex, and actually expecting us not to do too well. So, you know, to quantify, actually, even though the game was lost, I think it, the, the expectation wasn't quite as, as high anyway going into the game. Now, I, I'm going to mention two players from that pack. First of all, Thacker, you know, yeah. I thought, you know, the, the, the two tries, well taken. He's looking more like the player from a year or two mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. 
did seem to pick up an arm or a shoulder injury right in the dying seconds, so hopefully that's not too bad. But we we have been quite critical of him. Um, Jake Armstrong, I thought, yeah. had a, yeah. a really, really good game. And uh, hats off, Jake. Um, mm. I thought you, you, you dealt with that tight head situation really, really well. Um, good chance. And, Jake yeah. Armstrong is the new Tiff Eden. Well, there we go. Uh, you know, we, I remember when Pat, uh, when we went down to that Q&A and uh, yeah. he, he brought the two Jakes over from Jersey and was, you know, equally impressed and thought they, they both equally do so well. Obviously, Woolley's gone on to, to have, what, 101 appearances now. Jake Armstrong, uh, I think he's had a couple of bad injuries. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, hats he's, off. He's made a quarter of the appearances, hasn't he? But yeah. the injuries mm. that he's had and suffered, you know, you do feel for the lad. I, th- I thought he played really well. Let's uh, let's uh, look at the backs then with Pete, um, who stood out. And first of all, let's you're, you're our scrum half expert. Ooh. Let's talk about that number nine. Yes. Well, I, I thought there's a contract. I thought he, I thought he looked very good, a uh, very unfazed. Considering he's had one Premiership Cup start, he came on, I think, uh, at Exeter. I saw him that day. You see, he came on for Strang at the Premiership Cup at Exeter, been playing at Hartbury. So he's, you know, he's he's been playing. That's the important thing. He's actually been playing. Um, I thought a couple of things. I thought he's very composed. He looked, yeah, in a difficult atmosphere, difficult pitch. Look, he looks. He's got all the basics, and and he's two footed. He, you know just, he didn't look right, out of place, right and left foot. You know, one or two. His box kicking was all right. I, I, I don't think there's anything we can say, considering the circumstance and the context in which he was brought in, apart anything but what a, what a good Premiership debut. Could argue, maybe went off a bit early, but you know they know they have the stats on on what they're looking like and so on. So I think hats off to to Oscar, and I, I've got to say I I, I can't. I'd be I'd be surprised if he isn't given some sort of uh, extended contract or something with us because he, he obviously the rest of this season he will but we'll see. Um, I, 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 again, it became very difficult for for the backs you know when we were down to fourteen and then thirteen. Um, I what the other person I really want to mention I think is is Antoine mm-hmm. and I think we've now got a nail down inside centre and. I thought, I mean, I can't, I didn't watch it back, so I don't know whether he, if he missed any tackles and stuff, but my impression was it is a guy that is can make that extra yard, he's keen, he's looking for stuff, he's got those long legs, um, and and I think he's our he's our answer, and uh, I think it's a shame he, he didn't get in a bit earlier in the season, I just, it'd be interesting to know. Mm-hmm. And it's got me thinking, I thought Sammy, you know, did everything he could, and I mean, that break he made, uh, at right on the death, 73 minutes, um, when he kind of strolled inside Cochrane Singer, and it got me thinking about Semi, is that he took that ball much wider because uh, he was out there. It was broken. I think it was come off a box kick, and it got me thinking: Is there an argument now? Now that we know that Frisch is is our inside, and and have a, a Frisch O'Connor centre pairing, and now because we've now lost Nualango, have a little go of Semi on the wing just to see. Because when Do you he think gets, that would break the game line that much, then? Well, we, we don't. We get it out to him. That's the whole point. We're not trying to break the game line. We want to. We want to play out wide. And and if Semi, as he proved in that little break, if he gets a little bit of space out there, now if you've got two centres that are in their positions, they know how to play. Oh, why not? I mean, you can't do really any worse than what happened on Saturday. Though. Well, yeah, but 
Again, throwing the ball to semi. <laughs> I mean, they've got I mean, Joe it's... Cocker to Sigurd out on the wing. He's scored a try. Yeah. I mean, you know, wingers are wingers. If get the ball out, to, if they, if you've got a dangerous player and you can get the ball out to them quick, get them out there. You know, is because when Semi was signed, he wasn't signed an absolutely hundred percent as a centre. No. He was. There was talk of him as being a winger. And I just think if we can get the ball in, out into wide spaces, somehow create some space for him out there. And because we've got a specialist inside centre now, but all well, the other argument is it will make him play better at centre because we've got yeah. a specialist inside centre. I understand both sides, but you know we we've just lost a derby game. Like you can't get worse than that. So you know what have we got to gain now? Why don't we try a few different things? Let's try some more combinations. Free show Connor. 12-13, semi on the wing. See what happens. So, anyway, Lloyd, the what? other one in the backs, I mean, I felt very... You know, Lloyd, that was a terrible error. He'll know that. Apart from that, he, he was a bit of an all-action hero on Saturday. He was... He would, you know, he almost felt he was relishing the kind of opportunity. He, you know, he put in a good shift. Um, he, made a, he made one... I think he made the tackle, didn't he, that put Cochran and Signer's foot went into touch in that second half when they mm. had that one disallowed. You know, he ran with the ball. He was, he, he uh, I just don't know. And the trouble is, again, you know, where does he, what's his best position? You know, it's not helping him much for his, his career no, at the moment. Not, no. But, you know, sadly, weeks, his game was, unfortunately, a, a pretty good all-round game. It was tarnished a little bit by just that one moment of madness with 40 seconds to go. Yeah, and, and just, just looking at the spare bears, uh, yeah, Luatura and Thomas came on, you know, helped to, to, to shore things up. Strang came on um, and, you know, there was that yellow card at the end. I've got to be fair, I think I don't think there's much I would criticise him for there. You're, you're running desperately trying to get back. The player's kind of cut in front of you. Yes, he got hands on him. Um, and to be honest, I thought we, we were lucky not to have a penalty try given mm. against us because I can't quite work out whether, was it Joyce and Luatua? Who seemed to be level was somehow going to uh, make make that uh, covering <laughs> tackle. Um, we all know that's you know it didn't really matter in the end. But uh, there we are. So that was round nineteen. Let's have a look at some of the other scores. Um, we'll um, hear about the Harlequins game uh, in a minute. But they they won twenty four ten against Newcastle. Gloucester won thirty five thirty at home to, uh, against Northampton. Saracens 34, Leicester 27, uh, quite a game there. London Irish 43, sorry, uh, Worcester 12, London Irish steaming on. Uh, and then today, Exeter 19, Sale 12. Uh, okay, um, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many, many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Uh, next game is Sunday the 13th of March. Three o'clock kickoff, an unusual Sunday game. Uh, Bristol versus reigning champions Harlequins. Uh, and uh, it's not on regular TV, but you will be able to watch it if you can't get to the gate on PR TV. So before we talk about it, let's hear Pete's Premiership preview. And this week it's with Will from the Harlequins podcast. 
Right, so Will, it's uh, it's great to see you again. Uh, thanks very much for coming on on a Sunday afternoon. It's it's much appreciated. So um, let's crack on. You won on Friday night. As far as I could tell, it was uh, it was a bit of a, a clinical performance. Um, you were missing all your golden boys, but you still managed to to beat New- Newcastle. Um, you know what was it like? Can you tell us what the game was was like? Yeah, of course. First of all, thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be on Bears Beyond the Gate. We we love to to come and have a chat with you every single season now, often off the, the back of a positive result for us. I'm sure you drew us one. But Friday night, I was I was there at the stoop. Mike was there at the stoop as well. Friday night lights, we've really got into a good habit of a, a Friday match day experience with fireworks, light displays. It's it's always a good night out. Performance wise, we were I'm not sure we were well off the pace, but we were by far and away nowhere near our best. Newcastle turned up. They kept hold of the ball really well. They sort of hammered away at us. It was a real professional performance from us, I think. We were tough to beat. We were really sort of nitty-gritty. It was industrious in defence. We held out on our line on numerous occasions. And then when we did have the ball, we were clinical. I think looking at the stats after the game, it's hard to see how we walked away with a bonus point win when they've dominated territory, they've dominated possession and we've somehow managed to convert our, our opportunities into tries on, on pretty much every single occasion. So not our our best performance of the season and definitely not one that's going to instill fear into other teams within the league, but we're, we're really pleased with it and the fact that we, we've almost evolved upon last season and really improved our defence and become really tough to beat as a, a Champions team should be. It's funny you should say that, actually, because, I mean, a lot of bookies, I guess, was, was suggesting that last season was a bit of a one-off and that you were unlikely to mm. repeat the heroics. But actually, you have established yourself as as clearly one of the the top teams. Um, I mean, how would you explain that? I mean, what's it come down to? Is it players? Is it coaches? Is it, as you said, evolution or what? I think, well, A, it's just a totally bonkers league, isn't it? Anybody can be anybody in this league. And the fact we sit where we sit now is not a surprise to us, but we're very, very happy with it. I think we would probably expect to be slightly lower down than where we were before. I know we went on to win the league last year and it shocked everybody. And we've got a brilliant style of play, which nobody in, probably nobody in club rugby across the world can cope with in attack, certainly. It's just whether they can match it. Or, or nullify it, which is incredibly difficult to do. I think not much has changed on the pitch. I think we've still got a similar spine for the team. We've reinforced pretty well with Marcus off with England throughout the autumn period and the Six Nations where we've we've got Tommy Allen who's come in and he's a really solid player, but there's been times where he's returned from injury and, and not being at full whack. And we've managed to uncover a bit of a diamond for us in Will Edwards, who's our third choice fly half, former England sevens player. And he's electric. He's got all of the traits of Marcus in terms of attack, ball in hand. And then you've got Tommy Allen, who's got the traits of Marcus off the tee and game management. So between them, they're doing a really good job of managing those periods for us without without Marcus Smith and I think if you look at any team and you took their fly half out of them they're going to be a completely different side and I think we've done well to cope through this period and in autumn as well without him so I'd say the recruitment's been really really important and it's it's worked really well for us so far 
something Mike and I talk about all the time is, is Tabai Matson. He obviously wasn't with us this time last year and he's come in and he's been tasked with making the champions of England champions again, which is unenviable. It's, it's going to be incredibly difficult, particularly when you look at the rest of the league and London Irish are absolutely flying this year. I wouldn't want to play them and we've got them away in a couple of weeks. So they're going to be incredibly difficult and Worcester away the other week was incredibly hard as well. But I think Tabai's come in and he's almost... He's almost added a layer for us in defence and, and probably a different way of thinking in terms of our training. We, we've always been pretty good with training and keeping it more skills-based. And I think he's he's made us a little bit tougher. I think that's quite clear to see on the pitch. We're, we're a tough side to beat now. Leicester away is probably one in the history books where we get rolled over and actually we kept it relatively tight. So I think the, the two main things I can respond to your question with is probably our recruitment. And then secondly, that that grit that we've now got that perhaps Harlequin sides in the past haven't had. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting. And I think uh, I think a few people that maybe had faith and put some money on you at the beginning of the season to, to do it again might be looking uh, looking forward to uh, right, the end of yeah. this season. So who knows? I don't think many did. <laughs> well, you never know. Um, so let's think about next Sunday. Um it's uh, we don't have any Sunday games at the gate, so it's it's quite nice. Um, I mean, we beat Wasps bef- uh, uh, Friday before last, and then we had a horrendous result yesterday mm. against Bath, um, and it really couldn't have got much worse for us in many ways. Um, <laughs> but I'm interested from your point of view. Does that give you confidence for next Sunday, or do you think that um, you know you've got to be wary about? a wounded bear given that we you know we have crossed swords in the past <laughs> it's funny I'm I'm not laughing because you've lost I'm laughing because we can relate to it just as much we faced wasps after a three match losing streak thinking that we were probably going to lose again or at least struggle to get anything from the game and we showed up and got the win and you obviously did the same the following week and actually that losing streak for us started away at Bath which is obviously what's just happened for you this weekend probably our worst defeat of the season or at least the hardest pill to swallow because everyone's beating Bath it's it's a team that looks lost it's a team that isn't playing well they're trying to find something the head coach has got no direction um, so to lose there was really disappointing and it also put us on a losing streak looking at Bristol in the same way that I'd look at any other team in the league you you can't take anybody for granted you just don't know what you're going to get I still fear Bristol will be able to pull a rabbit out the hat and, and play like you played last season not much has changed in terms of the personnel on the pitch the main people that we've we've referenced before when we've spoken to you are, are Ben Earl and Max Malins. I think as important as they were, that doesn't stop you repeating what you did last year. So in terms of confidence, I'd say I take more confidence from our result against Newcastle and, and how we defended because we know what threat you pose in attack. And certainly looking at last year, you were probably the only side that would go toe-to-toe with us in terms of attack, which is why we had so many brilliant games, even this season already at the Stoop, but brilliant try-scoring fest. So... I'm. Oh, I, I use the term nervous reluctantly because I feel like this about every game. It's just the nature of a rugby fan who supports an English Premiership side. But I'm confident as well. I do think we've got a brilliant depth to our squad, and I think you're very much in a similar position where you're really scraping the barrel in terms of who you've got left to play and looking at some of your fly half choices. I'm, I don't know Tiff Eden too well, but. I'm sure you'd rather have Callum Mashidi or even Johan Lloyd starting there ahead of him. So I think 
in terms of the two matchups of the side, we're we're in a stronger position, stronger position at this moment in time. And I'd probably go into that game with quite a lot of confidence. So, okay, I'm going to make you put your money where your mouth is. Uh, <laughs> your match prediction in terms of win, loss, or draw, and also maybe a score prediction as well. Okay, well, you mentioned it earlier. We don't seem to play each other much on a Sunday. You say you don't get too many Sunday games at the gate, but Quinns always seem to get the away ones on a Sunday, which is really frustrating when you're trying to do an away day because I'd love to have done Ashton Gate. It's, it's on my rugby bucket list, much like the wreck was for Bath earlier in. Well, there's, in the there's, year. A, there's a point waiting for you at some point in the future. Well, I, don't have, I might have to try and see what kind of admin I can sort out yeah. or um, days off or half days or whatever, but Sundays are never easy. All of our European games are a Sunday as well so it, I've already taken quite a bit of time off for our, our French away days which is great I don't envy your sail away day in Europe that's for sure I'd be gutted with that but hopefully you do a job on them in terms of predictions Sunday mid-March hopefully nice weather hopefully loads of tries it always is between us so I think I think we'll get a bonus point win but I don't think it will be as as dominant as a bonus point win sounds. I think it will be sort of five tries to three kind of territory. So I think we'll we'll get up sort of early thirties. You'll probably hit early twenties. I'm going to go for thirty four twenty one to Quinns. Okay, that is that has been recorded. Um, I <laughs> I kind of understand why you say that. To be honest, that's brilliant. All right, look, well, Mike, it's uh, I'm sorry, Will, sorry. Got you mixed up. Sorry, uh, Will, that's brilliant um, for you to talk to us. It's, it's really always good to uh, to hear your viewpoint and, and hear a little bit about uh, how the Quins are going. Hopefully, I hope that we will be uh, we'll be bouncing back after the yeah, horrendous sure. Saturday yesterday. But either way, I think it's going to be, uh, it's surely going to be uh, a fun game of rugby. So uh, I look forward to it. Well, we've spoken to Will quite a bit now, uh, Pete. Um usually on the back of a very exciting high-scoring game. Uh, but uh, he's confident. He thinks they'll, they'll come down here and get the bonus point win. Well, why wouldn't he be? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't he be? I mean, the last time they were at Ashton Gate, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's etched in their memory. Um, and, and actually, as Will pointed out, I think the reality is that they've also learned how to, how to, to grit things out a little bit this season. And, and they've also recruited cover... For, well, particularly for Marcus Smith, they've got this, or well, they've got Tommaso Allen, who is off the tee, is as good, and, uh, and they've got this young lad, Edwards, who he was raving about, actually, that they've unearthed, who's, who's a kind of, you know, he's a, he's a Marcus Smith on the way sort of guy. So why wouldn't they be, why wouldn't they be confident? They are reigning champions. They, they've just got a bonus point win against Newcastle with virtually no possession. Um, their defence was solid as Miles would say, and uh, we're going to be in for a tough game. But the only caveat, perhaps, for us is that we seem to do that thing where when we play so badly, <laughs> that, like we did against Worcester, we come back with an unbelievable like <laughs> performance yeah. like we did against Wasps. And actually, I think almost the one f- thing that Harlequins have got to worry about is what happened on Saturday, because... When you hear the likes of Joyce saying, you know, this is just unacceptable, I apologise, you know that this week they will be so focused on yeah. getting it right on Sunday. Now, we know that if we get it right, we could beat anybody. So in an ironic sort of way, I'd be slightly concerned if I was Harlequins. And I think the other thing is as well, we know they're going to 
play the same kind yeah. of game mm. as us. Yeah. They're not going to try and shut us down. They're going to try and just outscore us. Um, so, you know, we've said that in the last few games. Uh, it, it kind of helps our, our attacking play. Um, let me come to you then, Lee. Um, what changes do you think we'll, we'll see to the starting 15? Obviously, it's Sunday evening. We're recording the podcast tonight. We don't really know... Uh, about injuries, we saw Thacker was uh, seemed to be struggling with his arm, but uh, as far as we know, um, nobody else mm. potentially is out injured. We know uh, uh, Nualango will be having his trial yeah. and uh, will be in, in, in pokey for uh, probably a f- couple of months. I, I think we can all safely say that Nualango won't be playing yeah. uh, against Quinns. Um, I mean, I think that... I don't know, just looking at that... I mean... It, Purdy, is he close to a return now? Or was he, was he even down? As a, he wasn't even down as an injury, was no, he? So no, uh, no. In the in the team check last week. No. So I mean, I, I would suggest maybe Neil Lango is is out, and we have Purdy on yeah, the wing. I, I, I put money on that. <laughs> I would, that is <laughs> great classic. The odds on that pathetic. More chance of a free all draw, Miles. So what do we do at nine? That's the interesting thing, isn't it? Do we? Well, I think uh, Lennon starts. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with Let that. Let it be. I think. Let it be. Yeah. yeah. Let it be. Give peace a chance. Um, and also, I do think that I mean there is possibly Atwood. I think might drop out and Vui goes back into the second row possibly. Um, and I think, uh, well, I, I think Luatua might come back in at seven instead of Enan. I don't know why. I just feel that that Lewis has got a lot yeah, of games. He's, he's been recently. on the bench twice. You know, you do wonder what's again whether this calf is his calf is that he's it's not a nickel, fit, is he? Yeah, I mean, he did well. He was a good impact sub. Mm. Maybe that is now where he is at the moment. <laughs> the does, 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 does that beg a question whether you know is he going to be around? Well, exactly. Next season, or are they trying to you know well, cope with life without him? Cope with life without him. I mean. I hope he is a fully foot Stephen Luatua uh, is is an amazing. I think player. he will be. Um, I mean, the the front row is going to be interesting, isn't it? Because you, you'd think that Jan Thomas is going to step back in because you know the front row did a, a shift, didn't they, against mm-hmm. Bath? So um, Jan Thomas will be in there somewhere. I mean, Dan Thomas again is you know he's going to be champing it a bit to get back in. But I, do, I apart from that, I don't really know who's who's you know who's available. Um, I don't think they'll change Frisch in semi in the well, centres I suppose the only issue with Frisch is that he's up against Esterhusen isn't he but then again you know he's a professional you know that's what, you, that's what, you, that's what yeah, these games are made for on the pitch but yeah. actually if he's, if he's an unknown quantity a little bit to Quinns because when I was talking to Will uh, I actually talked to, to about you know he asked me some stuff that wasn't on our bit and I said about Frisch that you know I think he might start and they you know they didn't know anything about him mm-hmm. and, and I said, well, you know, if he's got Frisch and Semi, maybe it, it gets Estherhusen thinking a little bit. He doesn't quite know, you know, what's going on. So we'll see. But but who is going to do a better job than than Frisch? Yeah, suddenly appears, yeah. but he's he's nowhere near. I think he'd run this shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he is he is the proverbial man of this season that we like the cut of his jib. Yeah, isn't he? Is this season's jib cutter Frisch? Yeah, <laughs> massively. 
Massively. Um, I, but I agree with you. I think Dan Thomas probably will come back in. Whether one of the locks gets rested, Vui mm-hmm. slides in mm-hmm. uh, to and he would the, the slide, second row. He? He, he would. He wouldn't trample in. He no. would slide. Oh, side. He's he would seamlessly. In that, he would moonwalk in. Vui, I reckon. He's so cool. <laughs> he would. Doing his hair. He would. He's silky as silky the silkworm. He's <laughs> yeah. silk pajamas. Um, <laughs> Uh, and we'll talk about it in a minute obviously we've got some new recruits uh, we've talked about Oscar Lennon but uh, Rich Lane has uh, signed on a one month um, injury deal from Bedford now he's a full back and uh, his brother and we've got Sam Nixon um, uh, tight head from Exeter um, so you do wonder um, actually I, my my script or my running order is going all over the place yeah. now because the Unbeknown to many people, there was an A-team game uh, on Friday night <laughs> where Bristol A played the Navy. Uh, Bristol A won 47-12, uh, and both Nixon and Lane played in that game. So you wonder whether that was a hurriedly yeah. arranged oh, okay. game to try and see, uh, you know, get the boys in, get a bit of match time, see mm-hmm. what they're like. Um, Jack yeah. Lloyd was started at 10 which I think uh, was 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 interesting, and also fax injury as well. We you know we don't have very only, light step in. The only shame about Nixon is that when he was announced, if he had been announced as Big Sam Nixon, I would have been even. I would have been really unfit. But just Why? Sam, I don't know. I just like that if we could have we could have just put a little bit of a psychological thing out there to the fans. Big Sam Nixon has been signed from Exeter. Just gets you going a little bit. Well, we can put that. Yeah, let's call it Big that. Sam Nixon. It's big Sam. Um, so yeah, what you you would think, and no disrespect to Ashley Challenger, some a more experienced tight head that he mm, yeah, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. is, is probably going to be on the bench. Mm. Uh, and you wonder Lane as a, an experienced fullback, or you know, unless somebody's come back in, potentially would we see him on the bench? I don't know. Well, Do you think we're going to start again, Lloyd? Uh, at fullback after after well, that we don't know do we I mean I like, yeah, sorry, sorry Pete I mean like the you know the poor communication that we've had this season from the club we've no idea when these players are really going to be coming back uh, and there have been a couple of fans haven't there on some supporters club except for whinging about that um I don't know. It does make, having said that, it does make the week more exciting when we it don't does. quite know yeah. what. So yeah. we actually got something to look and, forward and to. And also, you could say if if Yoel Lloyd gets the proverbial boot up the backside from Pat this week, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's going to It be, does happen, though, doesn't it? If you make a big mistake, from... it, there has been history that regardless yeah. of whether you're the, the Welsh <laughs> Wunderkind or you yeah, know, the, yeah. the next best thing, you do get a little bit of a, a reminder that. No one's bigger than the team. I do wonder whether Lloyd might get that this week. Now, are we making the assumption that Sheedy's not going to start for Wales against France? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but he may be in the squad. Yeah. Because the only... Uh, well, then like, again, he didn't like it because he didn't like... Pivak didn't no, like the, the, week, English, the, the gap week when the English players... I think he's staying stay with us. But, and do you... Even though he played bigger... Yeah, but well, there's different types uh, of players. Isn't there? I I personally think Sheedy hardly had a fantastic game. Knowing that Tiff had had a storming game the week before, you would have thought, "Geez, I, you know, I'm playing for my position now." His cooks are fantastic, no doubt that he got five from five, didn't he? But in play, misdemeanor on the uh, the knock on, 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I would, like our poll, I voted for Tiff. Yes. And I think in a game against Quinns, I would prefer to see Tiff Eden starting. But it probably won't happen. I, I've got a feeling Sheedy will be released back. Pat will go with what he knows. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if Lloyd doesn't start full back, whether he'll be the fly half cover on the bench and Tiff might even drop out completely, which I oh, think will be incredible shape. Yeah. Uh, but you but could, you could see it you, you could see it because then you know he can cover well 9 to 15 at the yeah. moment <laughs> and, um, and Pat likes players on the bench that can cover these, these extra yeah, positions yeah. do you know what now where was it on the commentary I'm wondering I'm sure it might have been on the commentary that someone mentioned that it might be in the studio on BT Sport or something that someone mentioned that Lloyd did all that and then Lloyd does the cooking and Lloyd does that. It was flabbered. I reckon oh, he's yeah, been flat. listening to us. He's been listening yeah, to our he's copying our gags. He's, he's making our lines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> horrendous, horrendous. Um, so, uh, well, let's, uh, let's talk predictions then. Um, we all got it wrong uh, for the last game. So Can I just say, though, at 21-0 yeah. up, I thought my prediction was looking pretty good. So it was all going well until Blumen means nothing. Uh, yeah. Means absolutely nothing. Yeah. But none of you, when you were predicting, thought that that would have happened. No, and we were right. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go. Prediction time uh, against Quinns. Come to Miles first. Oh dear, I think it will be twenty-eight to Quinns, twenty-one to Bristol. Okay, Lee. 24-18, Quinns. Oh, Pete. Is your hunch that we might be just... Well, the thing ready? is that, that I've mentioned this hunch earlier on in the poll. I've got to be consistent. And I just think we could Why? do a Wasps. Well, we could do a Wasps. <laughs> if we had, you know, we were looking good at 21 nil up, you know. Let's yeah. say there was extraneous circumstances that led us to the misery on Saturday. So I'm going to... I'm going to say that it will be tight. I think we could nick it. And I'm going to go 20-15. To us. To us. Right. I'm going to go... Because uh, they always score tries. 24-31, um, a Harlequins win. I just think they'll have too much. Yeah. And yeah. I, think, I think their league position and what they're going for in that mm-hmm. top four uh, might just see them over the line. Or as we might play without pressure, now that we know we've got nothing to play for. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that means too much. Yeah, we've really. played without yeah. pressure all season, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can't win anything. Without, without the pressure of... Uh, <laughs> relegation. Yeah, relegation. I mean, just, 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 just on that point, I can't remember, I don't think we talked about it on the last podcast, we know now that both Doncaster oh, and yeah. uh, Elin aren't... Uh, their grounds haven't passed. I see Elin had a bit of a bounce back after their surprise defeat. Uh, winning eighty-one nil, albeit against the bottom team in uh, in, in the championship. Just interesting because I I've got quite strong views on this. I'm just interested to hear your views on the whole Donny and Ealing uh, uh, situation. So let me come to you first, Pete. Well, only based on the fact that they released a statement, Donny, uh, and I read it, thinking that well maybe they'd been a bit unrealistic this was always going to be on the cards maybe they didn't really put in a good application but when I read the statement from Donny they were gutted and they felt as though they'd done everything that they could have done so I then thought well yeah maybe this is a this is an outrageous 
like short-sighted, blinkered, sort of southern decision made by the RFU without really thinking it through. So I, I changed thinking that maybe the, you know it was all a bit hot air and that it was never going to happen anyway. And and this was known six months ago and Donny and Yeeling it kind of being a bit unrealistic. But when I read their statement, I thought, no, these boys were really serious about it and I absolutely can't understand at all the decision. So I'm. I think it's a it is a it is a disgrace, particularly like we talked about this last week. We I kind of said you, you had a go at me saying that you wanted Donny, and I said, well, I, I didn't mind if Ealing came up, but actually now I've kind of I've hardened towards mm. the Northerners mm. uh, just based on on that. Yeah, Miles, your thoughts? I agree. I mean, do you know anyone in this week on social media? Who's praised the RFU? Or the, is it, uh, is it PRL? About, you only follow about three people. Yeah, there we go. No, I've been reading quite a bit. Or PRL or RFU's decision. Anyone, as everyone's absolutely slammed it. Furious. Uh, even the club, even the Premiership clubs. And Rob Baxter's come out and said, "Poor," because look where Chiefs are with their um, promotion in 2010. And you know, you see pictures of Donny's ground. It looks pretty decent, and it's had some. Pretty good matches there over the last couple of years. So if it's good enough for international women's game, just because you haven't got ten thousand and one seats, it's absolutely pathetic that they're not allowed to progress into the Premiership based on that. Should they win? Should they win? Should they win? Okay, totally. And and okay, based on last season, this season, Ealing must have thought, well, this is this is a walk in the park, isn't it? I, maybe their application should have been stronger. Maybe their plans to build on the Ealing sports ground should have been better. And I cannot understand why Ealing hadn't thought this through a bit better. Having not read their plan application, I know nothing about it. I mean, we've been to Ealing. Lee and I have had a rollabout in the mud there in the past. And I agree with the hat, Pete. The hat security. I'm glad you didn't say knee trembler. <laughs> I, I now sort of agree with um, Pete and, and TC, which is oh, rare. I don't know what TC uh, actually, yeah. actually, I think a team in the north will be amazing for the league rather than another team in West London. Yeah. Lee? Well, as much as I, I don't think it, it, it doesn't make any difference if it's north or south to me, I think um, if... From what I've read, the plans, the expansion plans for the grounds weren't good enough, and the rules are the rules. And I, and I'm sorry, as much as it might hurt those teams, and as much as I am an advocate for promotion and relegation, I think we still want to see a Wimbledon coming through and winning the FA Cup final in football terms. And but I think at the end of the day, if 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 the grounds aren't up to scratch, and we and we know because we've been to some pretty crappy grounds haven't we in that championship and if things aren't up to scratch then you know we're Premiership Rugby is the brand isn't it and I think yeah. you know they're going to close ranks on the brand and it, whether you're from north or south I don't think it matters a fig to be honest to, to be honest I've got no sympathy for Doncaster or Ealing uh. at all because <laughs> of all the seasons they both knew that if they got promoted this year, they'd have two years yeah. in the Premiership. Mm-hmm. There's no relegation next year. The fact that they haven't got their houses in order to say, actually, even we'll spend next season 
at the football stadium in Doncaster yeah. or you know whether um, Ealing could have gone to QPR or Fulham or, or whatever you know to say yeah. we will make sure we are there there was options wasn't at, there? and then sort the grounds out for the second year I don't think they've got any excuse at all uh, and I do think I do agree with you I I, I think these uh, these crowd, uh, the, these clubs, they're barely averaging a thousand people, and I think you need to keep the integrity of the league. All right, people will shout, "Oh, Worcester only get five thousand, and you know, Saracens have only got like a ground that that holds about ten thousand, but they are established and they are proper grounds yeah. on all four sides. They, you know, yeah. they've got and stand and a proper setup. Yeah, as much as we hate six ways. We all agree. <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a great. It, it is a proper rugby stadium. Uh, absolutely. We didn't get at Ealing. We didn't get at Doncaster. And you know, at yeah. the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see a Yorkshire team in the uh, in in the Premiership. It would be great for the sport. But I just don't think a small team with a small stadium is going to enhance the Premiership. Yeah. And also, I'm, how can they challenge? No, absolutely. Even with two years, how can they challenge on a thousand or less than a thousand pound attendance? Yeah, yeah. A thousand uh, capacity. Yeah, so I'm sorry, but I'm probably much against the flow of things, but I think this this dewy-eyed, we have to keep relegation and promotion at all costs, I think is a thing of the past. Um, And I think we've got to look at the economic realities of it. Uh, and unless there is a team that would challenge there with a proper stadium, well, uh, like the Pirates, maybe. Is there not? Well, is the there pi- not? Pi- I mean, there was something in the rugby paper today that's saying the Pirates might go. I mean, the Pirates could win this league. Yeah, uh, that's this right. Year, yeah. And they're talking about potentially having to go semi-professional next year. Mm. The gap is just so big, and yeah. I think at some point we need to say the Premiership is the full-time professional league, and the Championship is the top of the. You know the kind of semi-pro league. Mm, yeah. um, I I I just think well, people that hark back to Exeter, it's a different era. Well, why do they dangle the carrot then? Why did they dangle the yeah. carrot? Well, clearly, um, I think it was to get uh, Saracens up. It was to make sure we could get to a thirteen league. Money again. Uh, m- money again. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah but is it not a responsibility then to 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 do something like if you identify that you've got like a possible other club like Doncaster a Yorkshire club who could who has the potential and and not just leave them out to lurch they do something positive proactive to make it happen well yeah, you know, we the, still come back to what we've just said again the attendance if there's less than a thousand yeah, but there's, people there's watching five, you know, you, I know you said that about grounds but if you there's 5,000 people go to Worcester I mean Saracens multi-European champions can hardly get still anyone still talking there. five times the attendance uh, absolutely but what I'm saying is they're not a collective responsibility from you know from Premier Rugby or something if they dangled this possible carrot they should help them because we all know that they got their funding slashed by the RFU in Covid and like well, don't do it don't give the don't give them the hope no, but like uh, Tony had said, I think the, the carrot was dangled agree, when Saris were I, there. Yeah, and yeah. and, and the, otherwise, if you don't do that, then you've got a league where and I agree, and I kind of agree with play you for nothing. Until I read the statement from Doncaster, which made me think they had tried, but mm. and maybe they tried, just you know, under a lot of pressure without any sort of like help or any sort of, and and they, you know, I just got that sense. We read in the statement that they they didn't they didn't feel that they hadn't 
done what you've done, well, what you said. I don't know. I, I, think, I, don't know I, I think it was crystal clear, you know, you have to have mm. a ground that could hold 10,000. Both of them wanted to redevelop their own ground. But don't get me wrong, yeah. in these COVID times, when money is tough to commit to, to doing that, not knowing whether you're, you're, you're going to be able to go up there, mm. the investment that you'd have to do in planning and working out mm. how much... You know, all of that, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, everyone's saying it's a disgrace. The rules were crystal clear, yeah. and I think these clubs had a golden, golden opportunity, especially Ealing. I can't believe Ealing mm. didn't get it sorted yeah. because well, they must have Ealing. assumed they've got the oh, biggest yeah. squad, the biggest pay yeah. bill. They must have thought we can win this league and we are up. Ealing more than Doncaster because oh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're only talking about Doncaster because they've had a brilliant season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like Tony just said, if you meet the criteria to start with, then you're in the game, won't you? But if you don't meet that criteria, yeah. then you've got no chance of getting there. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Anyway, on, on that <laughs> note, um, uh, we'll say uh, we'll call it a day, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for your company once more. Uh, if you like what you've heard uh, on the show, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your podcast platform. We'll be back next week with our review of the Quinns game and a preview of Bath's visit to Ashton Gate for the Premiership Rugby Cup match. Till next time, goodbye, stay safe and come on, Briz. Briz.